Welcome to a special episode of the No Formula podcast. I am very honored to be accompanied by Melissa Montuori, an oncology nurse from St. Mary's Hospital here in Montreal, Canada. Thank you so much for everything that you are doing these days and, and taking the time to be here with me today. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and just share some information with you, even from a physical distance away from each other. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You're going to, I know you're going to give us a lot of good information. So I'm very excited to get into it. So I'm just going to jump in. And the first thing is, I really want to address this because I've been thinking about this for the last few days because I actually, we'll, we'll get into it, but I think what people don't realize is that while this pandemic is going on, we don't realize that there are other people with other illnesses that are still sick, right? And what I was going to say is like, I honestly, for a moment, forgot that too. I was so into the news and seeing like, okay, what are the numbers of this? I'm like, wait a minute, there, there are so many people who are out there who are already sick. Like, that is terrifying. That must be, I can't even imagine what that's like at the hospital. And I just wanted to ask you, are there like measures that were put into place so that the people who you're already treating are separate from the COVID-19 patients? And can you talk to me about like the protocols and what's happening in the hospital? Yeah, so I'm just going to first answer what you said before. Mm-hmm. For a moment, I think even the hospital itself was in just a frozen point thinking of, this pandemic that hit not just the world, but now the healthcare system and the healthcare system is already doing its best it can, the best it can to handle all of these sick people coming in. And now with this new virus, it became a lot more difficult and challenging to handle the influx of people and like get like being able to handle a greater, like just influx of patients in the patient rooms and the emergency and triage and all of that. So there had to be protocols put in place because we have already so many sick patients dealing with, let's just say on my floor, I'm an oncology nurse. I work at cancer care. We have people coming in with oncological emergencies, people that have hemorrhages due to chemotherapy side effects and just diagnosis process and just so many other things that we're already treating. So we have to take precautions to protect them since they are already depressed. So what we've been doing on our unit is hand washing has been pushed heavier than it's ever than it's ever been now we have like posters everywhere we've canceled what well, we're not canceled but like we don't allow visitors to come in unless a patient is imminently dying because we've seen that many patients family members don't wash their hands don't gown up appropriately when someone has a virus that is very easily spread um, a lot more protective equipment is trying to be spread across our unit and and we're also trying to keep individual rooms um respected so any double rooms only one person is going in there unless we're forced to put someone else in there we're really trying our best to keep everyone at least two three meters apart Mm -hmm. and and is it is it a little bit chaotic now that there's a spike in cases in in quebec yes it's a little worrisome just we expected this just because Mm -hmm. we know that it took a bit of time to get results back from the the swabs that were sent out. We knew people were coming back from vacation and it was going to take time for them to um, start feeling symptoms and go get tested. So this is expected and the spike might spike again, actually. So 
we're just trying to take the proper precautions in place. We're trying everyone to stay home. If it's not an emergency, don't come to the hospital. There's hotlines in place that you can call to see and be screened on the phone. And you could then be sent to uh, an appropriate triage center where they can then test you just so that we don't get an influx of people coming into the emergency and it doesn't overwhelm our staff. So we're trying to be prepared in that regard. Yeah. And if you, especially if you guys are expecting another spike, you don't want people to start infecting each other in the, in the waiting room. Exactly. And especially with this type of virus, I said it in some of, some of my videos on my like, Nurse Mel Instagram channel, is that it's a very tricky virus in the sense that you can, become, you can be asymptomatic for 14 days, not know you have the virus going on with your day, and you could be infecting hundreds of other people. And that's why social distancing, well, physical distancing is so crucial in this point during the crisis. Mm-hmm. And as a nurse, you're actually not just social distancing, you're in complete isolation. Can you tell us a little bit of the differences between the two? For sure. So physical distance is what we're expecting people to do in their everyday life. People just have their 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 normal jobs or they're not really around infected sick people. They can go back home to their family and have dinner with their family. They're just not expected to be with people that are not in their home. And then when they're outside to be two meters away from the person next to them, I'm actually quarantining myself at home when I'm not at the hospital. I'm, I'm a walking germ at the moment. That's what I, I like to call it. My friends call me that too. I'm a walking germ because I'm always coming in and out of the hospital. So I have a different way now of coming into the home. I'm trying not to infect my family. So I really stay quarantined in my room. I bring my food in here. I have a little sanitary area in the garage where I can wash and get ready that no one else uses. So I'm just completely distancing myself just from everyone to make sure that not so that my family doesn't become compromised from whatever I may be carrying because there's always a chance I am carrying something that I don't mm-hmm. know of. And vice versa, right, for your patients? Exactly. And I always think of my patients front and center, like even before coronavirus was a thing, the flu always existed and infections always existed and C. difficile and all these other viruses were always in place. So when I knew someone was sick around me, I would make sure to keep a distance because I know that I'm working with immune suppressed people and I can't possibly have uh, share that risk of bringing that to the hospital and to them where they wouldn't be able to fight the virus as well as I can. Yeah. And the, 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 the government is saying that no matter how healthy you are, you should stay home right? So it's not just social distancing or physical distancing anymore. It's stay home if you can. Can you remind everyone of how important this is for patients, the healthcare system, and the healthcare workers? Absolutely. So uh, like they're saying, you don't necessarily need to be immune suppressed and a geriatric person to become very ill from this virus. The importance of social and physical distancing at this point is a crucial step in um, keeping the the curve at bay you need to stay home not just for yourself but you need to be selfless in this time because like i said this virus is tricky and it's and you could become you could be completely asymptomatic and be spreading it to so many people and so you need to think of others in this time you think of yourself and think of your neighbors your grandparents children and just everyone around you and if things get really bad which i hope they don't but if things get really bad is it ever going to come to a point where staff is going to have to kind of not take care of the patients that they're currently taking care of and kind of move towards the virus? Is that something that was discussed in the hospitals? 
I'm actually so glad you brought that up because this morning we had a staff meeting before I started my shift at seven o'clock. What was mentioned was we needed to bring down our rooms. We had to, we had to remove six patient rooms for oncology for reasons that we are unsure of at the moment. It seems as though maybe they don't want to have potential COVID-19 patients infecting our mm-hmm. patients that are immune suppressed. What they're saying is that now, since we are, we have a more, we have a greater nurse to patient ratio on our unit, they may take one of our nurses and put them on a float team between the intensive care unit, the emergency unit and the triage center for COVID-19 so that they can help fill those gaps Mm-hmm. so that they don't feel overwhelmed in the emergency and in the ICU taking care of these people who are extremely ill that are on ventilators and they're going to be giving us crash training in order to be taking care of uh, these, these patients that are in a life and death situation. Mm-hmm. And when you go to work specifically, I know you're not dealing with COVID-19 patients right now, but do you have to also like wear masks and stuff and cover up? Or is everybody doing that when they go into the hospital these days? So no, first of all, there was actually there's actually a shortage of masks. I know they're not saying this on the on the news, so I hope no one gets mad at me for saying this, but it is the truth. There is a shortage of masks. We were actually forced to put out one, our one last box of masks in the narcotic cabinet with a lock, which is actually usually one box per patient room. So the ratio became it's just completely scarce at the moment, like mm-hmm. the amount of masks that we have. Typically, we're not supposed to wear masks if a patient doesn't have an airborne um, spread of a virus. So the mask also loses its integrity once you start touching it. So it's not meant to be worn for just any room. It's Mm -hmm. meant if you have something, if you're sick, to prevent spreading those droplets to the person and patient in front of you. And if a patient is sick and is going for a test, you would then put a mask on them so they don't spread what's coming out of their mouth, which is potentially airborne. Now for COVID-19, because it's droplet spread and potentially airborne, it's not 100% confirmed, they are wearing the N95 mask to ensure that no particles are entering the mask because that is the way that that virus is spread. Wow, I cannot imagine what the hospitals are like these days. Like, thank you all, <laughs> the heroes, the heroes. Thank you so much. And and actually, I want to love every single day. Yeah, but it's honestly like, especially right now, where everybody is freaking out, and you guys are like, no worries. I'm gonna we're gonna go to the hospital and help people. <laughs> so it's just, it's awesome. Thank you. And Thank actually, and like I said, like, we're cool. oh, sorry, go, go. <laughs> no, I was going to, I was going to change topics. So you go. Oh, I just wanted to say one thing, like, just like, not a disclaimer, but just like a little, I just want to put it out there. We're going to work every single day and we, we love to, we're doing it with all of our heart and we really want to help people and be at the front of the line. We're just asking people to stay home for this little bit of time to help, to help us out. Yes. And I think that's very important. I'm glad you, I'm glad you underlined that. And actually, what I wanted to ask you next was for the hospitals, as as we see more and more cases, and you said there may be potentially another spike, what do what do the hospitals in Quebec need right now? I know I know they need masks, but what can the people do? Is there anything that we can do other than staying home that we can help? Yes. Yes, I'm so glad you brought this up. Hema Quebec is actually at a shortage. Mm-hmm. I work with a lot of hematological disorders on my unit, a lot of Uh, it's like blood cancer, Mm -hmm. they are in need of blood transfusion sometimes weekly. So we're reaching a shortage because also in terms of COVID and all these other illnesses going on, 
there is a shortage of blood coming in and people staying home. So we're asking you that if you are healthy and if you are fit enough and meet the requirements and criteria, please go to Hema Quebec and go donate. Mm -hmm. See if you meet the criteria. And if you want to get out of the house and do something good and altruistic and help us out a bit, you can do that. Okay. Okay. Well, thank another you. thing that you can do. <laughs> and another thing that you can do is just stay home for us. Yeah. That's the best thing. Wash your hands and stay home. And is there anything else that you want to add that we may not have talked about yet? I don't, I think you covered everything. I would think that you worked in the hospital. You did, a, you did an excellent <laughs> job at this. I know how well, overwhelming this COVID-19 topic is. So mm-hmm. thank you yeah. for, sp- for wanting to spread this to your audience. Yes. Awesome. And I'm so glad you're here taking the time with me today and everything you do at work. So, uh, so yes, thanks so much, Mel. Thank you, Laura. It was my pleasure.